Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Talks are due to take place today over the ongoing uh, opposition of some Clare locals to uh, the housing of male asylum seekers at a hotel in uh, Inch. Uh, the, they're due to uh, have a video conference call with Minister for Equality and Integration, Roderick Gorman. Um, members of the local community want written assurances that their concerns about the suitability of the property and the location will be uh, addressed. And uh, you probably know the background to the story at this stage. On Monday, 33 asylum seekers arrived by uh, bus at the McGowna uh, House Hotel. After the asylum seekers' arrival, local people blocked both ends of the hotel road with tractors and silage bales, and the former hotel and restaurant in each inch was closed originally back in 2019. Uh, locals said that there was no consultation with them and that the property and the location is unsuitable to house asylum seekers. I'm joined on the line by uh, Sally, who is in uh, County Clare. Sally, you're living in the area. What is the... Is the feeling there at the moment? Hello, Sally. No, we've no Sally. We'll come back to her uh, in a moment. Um, If you are in County Clare, if you're in the Inch area, we would love to hear from you. Our number is 087-1400-106. is our WhatsApp number. Um, I'm I'm curious to know, because, you know, reading uh, what the community is looking for, they want written assurances that their concerns about the suitability of the property and the location will be uh, addressed. I'm wondering how those concerns can be uh, met. And in fact, we'll try and... uh, I think we have Sally back on the line. Um, Yeah, we do. Sorry, Sally. uh, Good afternoon and welcome to Lunchtime Live. Thank you, Adrian. What is the feeling there at the moment, uh, Sally? To be honest with you now, I think the main feeling is is one of mistrust. Mistrust of whom? Of the government. For? Well, the way they have handled the situation. I'm, I myself am a blow into that community for the last 25 years and I was always welcomed with open arms. Now I know I'm an Irish person that makes it a little different. What I'm saying to you is community of Inch don't actually have an issue with uh, international protection people coming to live among us. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is true of, of all people I would say in Clare. But What's at the heart of this protest is the fact that, six, first and foremost, nobody from the government, not even their own elected representative in our county, were notified that this was going to be happening. And they snuck in the first busload of them on Monday evening, 34 single young men from we don't know what country, um, not that we'd have an issue with any of those. I was just about to say, uh, it doesn't really matter what country they're from. Uh, they are all seeking international protection. So the country well, of origin is kind of irrelevant, is it not? Well, may- yes, maybe it is. But the fact remains that we know nothing about them and they know nothing about us. So what I'm saying here is what's really at the, the core of this protest, in my opinion, is that the government who are the ones who orchestrate and decide where these people go, have not consulted, 
have not talked with the local community into which they were planning to lend 69. But let me, sorry, let, let me ask you, Sally, what is that consultation? Is that consultation telling you, um, hello, everybody, we are moving 69 people uh, into uh, the McGowan House Hotel. It's sitting there. There are rooms available and that's what we're doing. Or is it saying, how do you feel about this? What is that consultation? Yes, that consultation needs to be, how would you as a community feel about this? Okay, and people and say, how... well, we don't want this. Then what? No, no. Uh, the people of Inch would not, would not have been saying, we don't want this. They would have been asking, how many? Is, uh, what kind of accommodation are they going into? How are we going to integrate them? How are they going to get out of this rural area to get into town and back? How are we going to get them out and moving? I mean, you know, any community would feel the same way. And there's no question in my mind, but when people are involved in a decision, they're always far more open to it than if it's done in an underhanded way. That's what the government have done. Is that what you see this as? Uh, moving them um, from City West down to uh, the McGowan House Hotel was underhand and sneaky? Yes, it was. Absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt. And all that has bred and all that has happened since the protest started is more mistrust. So until the government decides to have an open and honest conversation with the community an inch, they won't get, they won't, nothing, this will not be resolved. And the saddest part about all of this, is, I mean, it's very hard on the community because they're all there and manning, manning their stations and, and keeping, keeping the roads blocked and so on and so forth. And the mistrust is only continuing to grow, absolutely continuing to grow. And I can see that myself. But in the middle of it are these poor, innocent people who are already a traumatised people, each and every one of them traumatised by the fact that they're displaced from their country. And many of them quite possibly have come from a very traumatic uh, situation anyway, possibly war. Or and and <clears throat> indeed, some of them have obviously found the whole situation so intimidating uh, to have the roads blocked in and out of the hotel that they've left and gone back to City West. That's well, not... That's not. That's hardly a hundred thousand welcomes, or even a feeling of a hundred thousand welcomes. Yes, but who started this? Well, not that. Not those people who've gone back to City West. They didn't. Of course not, and not the community in Inch either. This was an, a, a contract between the owner of that hotel and the government, and the local representative. When it was rumoured a week ago that there was it, possibly this was going to be happening, and our local representatives were contacted, even they. Some of them being members of the government were unable to get any clarification. The clarification that some some people were going in there came on a Wednesday. There was a meeting held in the local community on a Friday. And there was an issue, and there still is an issue actually, around that hotel with regard to fire safety uh, certificate and with regard to sewage um, being suitable. Those were not addressed. So what they did was they took them, they put them into the three little holiday cottages mm-hmm. that are on property. But the community had been given an assurance by the county council that nobody could be put in there until the fire certification and the sewage problem was cleared, or was, you know, deemed suitable. And three or four hours later, a busload of 34 young migrant men arrived and were shoved into three little cottages. And I'm telling you, these are small cottages. 
I mean, at most, they sleep a family of four. There was 11 of them in each of the cottages. Those five men that left said that they were on top of each other in there and they'd be happier sleeping in tents on the streets of Dublin. They themselves... Well, I, 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 I wouldn't be after seeing what happened on the streets of Dublin a couple of days ago, so... <laughs> do you well, know, it was, OK, do, do me a favour. Stay on the line there for one second, Sally, if you can. I want to bring in... Uh, Fianna Fáil, uh, Senator Timmy Dooley joins us on the line. Um, Timmy, these talks that are due today, who's involved and what's going to be talked about? Well, the Oireachtas members, senators and TDs from Clare, met earlier with uh, Minister Roger O'Gorman and Minister Joe O'Brien. And we relayed the concerns of the local community, as you have heard mm-hmm. there, which have been well presented to us, both at a public meeting and at uh, various different interactions that we've had with people who have genuine concerns, who uh, haven't been listened to, haven't been engaged with, uh, other than with Oireachtas members. Um, and your last caller there identified some of the issues and some of the expectations. Um, The minister made it very clear to us that he has a national issue in that he has 84,000 refugees and asylum seekers already in state accommodation and that he's utilising facilities that he would not normally need to use Mm. and therefore somewhere like McGowan House, which we all know, I know for years, is entirely unsuitable for what it's being uh, proposed. Okay, well, explain to me why, considering that it operated as a hotel up to 2019. T- tell me what has gone so okay. drastically downhill in the four years since then. Well, what you'll be familiar with is that a hotel generally, generally people come by way of uh, a car or a bus. And for a facility like that, it would principally be people who would have self-driven. Uh, the people who are being accommodated here have, have no such capacity. So... From that perspective, it's not ideal. And your previous caller has identified two issues which could be resolved and I'm sure will be resolved in due course. But the concern of the local community is that you're putting a large group of people into an area where they don't have an opportunity to um, to travel anywhere, to go to a village or a shop or anywhere to kind of find... Um, a level of interaction. Okay, so uh, put this in context for our listeners then. From McGowan House to the nearest village is how far? About eight, well, into Ennis effectively, eight kilometres, probably three, four kilometres to a pub uh, and and, uh, and, uh, a a, a church. But you're along very windy roads. But I mean, those are the concerns. So I I just want to, to, to put that, and we've identified those to the Minister. His response was very clear that he's not offering are not able to uh, close the facility. He's of the view that it's absolutely needed. And the point that you made, he, he explained again and wanted us to communicate back to the, to the residents of Inch that the facility is needed to ensure that people don't end up on the streets and there's already some still there. So it's... And, it's and, a, and sorry, we, we saw in Dublin right. over the weekend, Timmy, yeah. what, what can happen uh, yeah. in, uh, in a city when people are sleeping in tents, in tents yeah. on the street. Yeah, and, and, and I know that well. I've seen that myself. And of course, we all want to ensure that that never happens again and that it doesn't happen in Dublin or Ennis or Shannon or Kilrush or anywhere in County Clare or in neighbouring Limerick either. But what we do need, and the Minister has given um, an indication to us that he will give consideration, and it's only consideration at this stage, uh, of meeting with a delegation from the local community 
and and listening to their fears and concerns and engaging with them. Okay, so, um, so sorry, um, Timmy, the the travel issue I I understand, but is the, is that local people being concerned for these uh, poor migrants that there's no bus for them? I don't see it as being that simple. Well, I, I, well like. It, it, there's nothing simple in any of this. This is a complex case and it's not about taking sides. It's about making sure that the local community are heard. And I have, we, those of us in public life have a responsibility to be honest and upfront with the people who we, we seek to represent. And we also have um, an encumbrance to try and ensure that nobody is left on the side of the street um, and that nobody is left uh, in, in harm's way. So there's, there's competing interests and competing roles. And what we have to try and do is bring the two sides together here. I've outlined for you the concerns that I know are the concerns of the local community. And I did that with the minister today. Okay. And, but what, what you got back I, from I'm the minister, reflecting. what you got back from the minister was, look, I have to use this uh, facility. I don't have much choice. We've so many people have come into the country. Um, is he, is the, is the man for turning, as they say? He made it very clear to us that he was not for closing the facility. That okay. Is, so whatever number are there are there. Now whatever But and, and some as you know, Timmy, um, felt so intimidated by uh, the blockade that they left and went back to City West. Now and let's be careful about this. They, they left because and maybe a number of reasons. There was supposed to yesterday there was a report that fourteen had left. My understanding now is that it's and I only discovered this this morning there's only five that's left. So that was being used by some in the uh, you know, for their own purposes to suggest that they were intimidated. Quite frankly, I don't believe that. I, I've met the people down there. Yeah, they're, they're, they're forthright and they're strident in their views, but I don't believe they intimidated anybody. I saw people who were on the protest giving a number of these people a lift into town. I saw local people who were part of the blockade or protest, whatever way you want to call it, giving food uh, to these young men. So let, 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 let's try to... Okay, but uh, well, then let me ask you then, Timmy, if, if Roderick O'Gorman is saying, uh, I have to use this uh, facility, I, I don't have much choice, we need to accommodate people, if he persists with that, what is the solution then to keep local people happy? If I had the solution, I'd, 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 I'd have it implemented. Okay, so no, so no progress was really made today? is midday at this stage. We're communicating back what the people have heard. I'm hopeful that the Minister will ultimately agree to an engagement with the local people. Maybe that will help to allay their fears. I don't know. It may help some. But say, sorry, when you others. say allay their fears, fears of what? What are they afraid of? Well, sorry, that's a question you should put to them and you have already But you're done speaking so. to them yourself, Tim. Yeah. You say you're yeah, representing them. No, yeah, and there's no point in me repeating what has already been said to you. Whether you or I believe that their fears to be justified uh, is irrelevant. There are people with fears and concerns that have them on picket lines. These are people who normally wouldn't be out there. They're not doing it for fun. Okay, so, so my question is, what does it take from Roderick O'Gorman for that uh, blockade to be lifted? Well, the only way the blockade will be lifted is if there's some uh, communication with the local people that satisfies their needs. And at this stage, I can't tell you what that will be. But what I do know is that they need to be continue to be engaged with you know, you know, and, and, and worked with them because they're there, it's their right to protest. You can't take that from them. I wish they weren't there and I would hope that we could find a way to de-escalate all of this to a situation or a point where the people wouldn't believe they have a need um, to protest um, and that 
you know, things could go back to some level of normality. Hmm. I don't know at this stage what that will take. And that's what I was about to say. I've heard several people being spoken to. But what I need to to make clear to you is there's numerous different views if you you talk to the people locally as to what would solve this. Some have very different views. Some will not be satisfied unless it's completely closed. Mm -hmm. Others would be potentially happy if there was a lesser number proposed for the area. Others are happy enough to let it run as it is because that's how they feel. So there's there's a very mixed uh, level of views. But what 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 we need now is to try to de-escalate, get away from some of the the excitement out of it, and get get dialogue. Well, while while that barricade is still there, there is naturally uh, that is attracting attention, correct? Me- media attention. While that block barricade is still there, yeah. But I'm not going to demonise the people. N- nor would it, nor, nor I should hope nobody would demonise the people from the local community who have concerns that they believe to be valid and that need to be addressed. Okay, let me just we finally need, ask you, Timmy, where, where was it left with Roderick O'Gorman uh, today? Are you going to speak to him again well, tomorrow or has he made his mind up and that's it? Well, he, he indicated to us that he would revert to us when he'd give consideration to meeting with the delegation of the local community and we await, we await that, that, that communication. When that might, might potentially happen, I can't tell you. But I mean, it's a... It's a work in progress. Um, people are still um, protesting. That's their right. And it's up to all of us now to try to find a, a way to de-escalate this the best way we possibly can. Uh, Timmy Dooley, thank you very much indeed for uh, joining us on Lunchtime Live. That's Fianna Fáil Senator uh, Timmy Dooley representing um, local people in Inch. Uh, some of your messages. Adrian, the townland of Inch is resident to just over 40 people. An influx, <coughs> excuse me, of 70 people into the area where there are already little or no public transport, no shop, no doctor, no banking services, no employment, regardless of nationality, race or circumstances, absolutely crazy. If the government was to almost double the amount of residents in any village, town or city in Ireland, there would be the same reaction as there has been from uh, local people, says Alan in Clare. We're talking about the fact that um, inconclusive talks have been held with uh, local politicians in Clare and uh, Minister Roderick O'Gorman. He has essentially said that with regard to uh, housing asylum seekers in the Magauna House Hotel that he doesn't really have much choice. He uh, needs to use the facility. But as you know, there has been a blockade of uh, the road around the hotel with tractors and silage bales and so on. And what I'm hearing so far isn't going to make uh, the people who are involved in the protest any happier because there doesn't seem to have been any progress made. Um Mick joins us on the line from uh, Clare. Now, Mick, you live close to this area, but you've been avoiding it for uh, the last few days. Is that right? That is correct. Yes, um, I'm not. In, I'm really not uh, interested in getting involved in this situation. I think it's a bad situation for both sides of the argument, uh, both the residents of, that live in the area and the men that have been moved into this place out in the middle of nowhere, basically. I feel sorry for both sides. I, I, I can see the, argument, the, the merits and the arguments of both sides uh, of the um, situation at the present moment. Um, the one thing I would like to ask is how many refugee centres are being set up in Killiney, Dundrum, Still Organ, uh, Fox Rock, and the leafy, super expensive leafy suburbs of South Dublin? 
that's the one question I'd like to ask. Uh, how many would be put next door to the political classes in your country? I'd like to ask why one man can live in a palace on the, um, in the, uh, in the uh, Phoenix Park, a 60-bedroom palace in, the six, in uh, Phoenix Park. Meanwhile, less than a kilometre away from where he's living, people are living in tents. You know, i gotta, I got to ask that question. All right, so I, I don't know if you're suggesting then that we um, throw the president out of Ars Nucleron and uh, move asylum seekers in there. Is that what you're suggesting? Um, thank you, Mick. Uh, John Lennon is the uh, CEO of uh, Duras, which is an independent, non-profit, non-governmental organisation working to support and promote the rights of all migrants in uh, Ireland. Uh, John, good afternoon and welcome to Lunchtime Live. Good afternoon. Your reaction to what we're uh, seeing in Inch in County Clare? My, my reaction is, first of all, that it's really disappointing that we've now got to a point where people are blockading a road that has to be used by asylum seekers. Um, we're at a crisis point now when it comes to refugee resettlement and accommodation, and that comes on top of an existing housing crisis. And unfortunately, despite the fact that the Department of Children have done really great work providing accommodation for over 80,000 people since the, the war broke out in, in Ukraine, um, they now seem to be out of ideas on how to continue to meet their legal and moral obligations to people who are seeking protection here. Um, and if we look at how we got to this point, I think there are a few things that have played a part. There's no doubt that misinformation and lies from the far right and organised protests may have contributed, but poor communication from government has also played a part. Um, and that's something that I've, I've heard a lot from uh, Inch, that there hasn't been any communication with local uh, people. What should that communication be, though? Is, is it that Roger Gorman holds a public meeting in an area and lets everybody know we're moving 35 or 65 asylum seekers into a certain hotel? Is that what that consultation is? No, I I think, first of all, it's really important to emphasise that the government and state institutions have obligations to respect, to protect, to fulfil the human rights of asylum seekers. Communities also need to be respected, but they don't get to deny people their, their rights. Um, I'd also have to say when things start to get difficult, our elected politicians need to show leadership as well to ensure that everybody's rights are respected and protected. I think government can do more work to ensure that people understand why refugees are here and also to be able to present a medium to long term plan for the accommodation and integration of refugees. Um, you know, and, and it's also really important that um, we recognise communities have suffered from lack of health services, overcrowded schools, a housing shortage, all of these problems. But they shouldn't be taking their anger out on asylum seekers. They're innocent parties who just want to be safe. They want to work. They want to study. They want to be good neighbours. Um, and, and there are ways to... Um, but, uh, sorry, jo- just to go back to you, uh, one second, John, on what you said a, a moment ago, that there should be consultation, but that a local community shouldn't have the right to say, no, we don't want them, uh, those asylum seekers in our area? Well, um, I mean, I think it's it's unusual that um, the communities would feel that it's okay to object to one set of guests in, in a hotel, but not a different set of guests. And and I know we, we've also had issues around... So, sorry, what um, do you mean by that? That, that when, when it was operating as a hotel, there wouldn't have been protests... Um, yeah. 
Is that what you're I, I don't at? know. If, yeah, I, I don't know if there have been protests well, there with others so. staying in the hotel, but um, I haven't heard about them if the, if there are. Um, but my my point is that um, you know th- there needs to be better flows of information and better engagement with communities, and I think the the communication from government in relation to the understandings of why people are seeking refuge and protection here and um, so on is really important. But we also need to ensure that community um, communities are. Um, listen to, I guess, but the way to do this is to provide resources at a local level for proper community engagement. You know, recognising, supporting the work that's already been done across the country by community development organisations, that's really crucial. Ensuring that they have the staff to engage with host communities and also with refugees and asylum seekers is is really important. Um, And I think just, you know, when 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 we look at this situation, there are a number of things that need to be done. There is by government, the stronger commitment from them to communicate clearly that they're committed to upholding the rights of asylum seekers, supports, as I said, for the work being done around the country by community development organisations to ensure successful integration and social inclusion. But also, we need to see sustainable measures being put in place by government for the reception and accommodation of asylum seekers, as well as beneficiaries of temporary protection from Ukraine. Okay, uh, stay there for one second if you can, please. John Lannan is the CEO of uh, Doris. Let me read a few uh, messages that have come in. Claire in Claire sent this message to us. Why can't these protesters be honest? They just don't want non-white males in their community. They are being completely disingenuous, saying that they're worried about the asylum seekers' well-being. I feel ashamed of their actions as an Irish person, says Claire in Clare. And another message says, it's such a sad situation. It's not only war and poverty that is driving these people from their homes. It's also climate change, which causes poverty and conflict. I don't go to mass every day and I'm no saint, but I believe we have to help these people as best we can. Yes, it will cause pressure on our dwindling resources, but wouldn't we hope for assistance and the hand of friendship if we were in dire straits like these people? Let's start practicing our Christian values, which we hold dear, says uh, that message. Uh, Martin uh, also joins us. Martin, you're in uh, County Clare and I understand that you've uh, met some of those staying in Magana House and are are supporting them, is that right? Yes, that's right. Um, As best I can, I'm only a volunteer, I'm not part of uh, any of the uh, organizations. Uh, the only organization I am involved in, though, is that uh, I'm in- involved with a group of volunteers called Falchius Jock. Welcome in. And we uh, help uh, anybody who needs help with their, uh, improving their English. And so uh, we- we've been helping people, um, uh, migrant workers. We've been helping um, asylum seekers and Ukrainians. Yesterday, I got a, f- a phone call. Uh, to say that there were men leaving McGowner House uh, on foot uh, to walk the, uh, whatever it is, eight kilometres into Ennis, uh, and they were leaving because um, they'd been seriously intimidated by by the situation. Now, I know I know uh, the protesters and, and those I, on the barricade will deny that there's any intimidation. In fact, I've, I've uh, spoken to some who say, well, no, we're talking to them. We're not in t- uh, uh, intending to intimidate them at all. Okay, well, um, I, I uh, heard that they were on the road. I drove down 
uh, and I saw three men coming coming up the coming up the road. Uh, they were. It took me fifteen minutes to assure them that I was uh, I was on their side. Okay, so they uh, so they were very nervous even of talking to you. Very very nervous of talking to me, let alone getting into the car. Uh, they were called back uh, to register in McGowner House, and we went back. Um, I I was with them for for a few hours yesterday, just trying to put out the give them the Cade Miller vulture. Um, I know that there are, there are issues about the the uh, the sighting of uh, and bringing people uh, to that place, which needs to be worked out between. The community and representatives and, and government. Okay, so my, so my, you would agree. You would agree, for, for example, that McGowan House, as a a place to house people who have no transport of their own, is not ideal. Uh, of course, it's unless not they provide ideal. a bus. Of course, it's not ideal, but I understand that buses are being provided. But I want to tell you about something that happened this morning, uh, because I um, I met again the men again this morning. Uh, they told me that uh, a bus was arranged. They all want to work, uh, and they were to come into Intrio and to be uh, to to register, uh, and in Ennis, and so a bus arrived. Um, they, uh, as the bus was leaving down onto the road, a van pulled in front of the in front of the uh, of the bus. Two men got on. One man filmed everybody. The other man counted everybody, and he said, "Okay." 29 out, 29 in. Now, I don't know whether these people uh, have any idea. These, the, the, the men... And sorry, sorry no obviously idea. I don't want to specifically identify anybody, but are, are these like self-imposed police? Exactly. And uh, we've really got to get a grip on this. The, these men are coming here uh, for... They have to seek uh, international protection... Uh, that under agreed legislation, even the Geneva Convention, they're, they're here. They have a right to be an island. Uh, and it seems that, that these people are saying that they're not intimidating them. They are. I, I have other instances uh, that, that I've been told that have, have happened. Okay, so you, these, your these first-hand are, experience... Are these men are traumatised enough from the situations that they're coming here to seek protection from Okay, so so having barricades of tractors and silage bays and counting people in and counting them out is intimidating for them. Extremely intimidating. Yeah, the men I met yesterday were shaking. Uh, And, uh, you know, I believe in the Cade Miller vulture. And whatever about the sighting of uh, uh, the appropriateness of the sighting people there, that needs to be negotiated. But I think they need to back off. Uh, and uh, show a little compassion for these men. I want to read a message that's just come in then and and, and get your reaction uh, to this, Martin. And it says, I dislike how this is framed uh, as racism. I live in a rural enough village in Kildare with an empty derelict hotel, no facilities, very limited transport and so on. If 60 unemployed single men were to be housed there, I would be extremely concerned, even if they were Irish. What would you say to that? Um, In other words, the, the, I, I, the point I, I being th- that... I think there's a, there's a whole range of, of, uh, of opinion here from very legitimate concerns mm-hmm. that people should have about lack of consultation, uh, uh, about where, the, where, where um, asylum seekers are coming to, uh, 
and and sought because there's legitimate concerns. Okay, so these people are coming to a place in the middle of the country. There's no shops. There's no uh, there's no doctor. There's no um, you know uh, all kinds of services that they might need. So there's some very legitimate concerns. And then on top of that, there's there's various grades uh, of concern that are, in my opinion, less uh, legitimate. And there is also, um, yesterday I saw um, people filming who uh, are uh, involved with extreme right-wing groups um, uh, who are trying to create division, and they are openly racist. Just one uh, so final whole, question again. I don't, range of opinion. Okay, there. I don't want to uh, identify anybody, but the people who were the uh, self-imposed security checking uh, people in and out uh, on the bus, were they local people? As, uh, well, they certainly weren't Gardaí, and as far as I'm concerned, it's only Gardaí who, who would maybe have a legitimate uh, right to be doing that kind of thing. Okay. Uh, they, they were they were in in ordinary, in ordinary clothes, the men of Okay, and they weren't, uh, they weren't security guards from. with security no. badges on their arm or no. anything of the no, sort? Nothing of the sort. Okay, all right. And I want, just want to tell you from having been with the men how intimidating that is, and I just think there is no place for it whatsoever. All right, good to talk to you, Martin. Thanks very much indeed. Um, a message I read out a moment ago was from uh, Caroline and Caroline you said in your message that you dislike how this is framed uh, as racism I haven't heard many people describe it as racism Well somebody just said there a moment ago that um, people are objecting to non-white people coming into their area. Well, that's, that's actually, that's yeah, that was, a, that was a text message that I read out and it yeah. said, why can't these protesters be honest? They just don't want non-white males in their community. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's obviously accusing a local community of racism. And I don't think that that is fair on small communities that do object to this influx. Um, I don't think it's unreasonable for a small community to be concerned about a group of single men coming into an area that simply doesn't have the supports and facilities in place to meet their needs. Um, One of the points that was made earlier on uh, is that with the amount uh, of people that have come into this country, over 100,000 in the last year, um, we're running out of options, and that's how Minister Roderick O'Gorman has had to use somewhere like a hotel that was operating as a hotel up till four years ago. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we, I think everybody understands that, but it just brings us back to the whole point of the consultation, which you're obviously not uh, too happy with how... What's the point of having a conversation? Well, no, my, my, question, my question was... An announcement. Okay, yeah, my question was... So uh, Minister Roderick McGormany goes down to a local community, he has, has a public meeting and he says, I'm bringing 69 people uh, into yeah. that hotel over there. And then what's so the that's, consultation? That's an announcement. That's yeah, an announcement, that's an yeah. Announcement. That isn't a consultation. Whereas if you have somebody come into a community and say, look, we've identified this hotel... Um, we know that you have issues locally with not enough transport, not enough this, not enough that. How can we, as a community, um, accommodate some people? What could we do as a community to offer 
refuge. Mind you, listening, listening to John That's Lennon from, uh, from Doris earlier on, he's basically saying uh, you can be told all of this, but a, a local community should have no right to uh, object. Caroline, unfortunately, I'm, I'm, I'm way out of time. Uh, I know we'll uh, undoubtedly be coming back to this uh, later on uh, in the week. Thanks very much indeed for your call. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.